This is Josh Weltman, co-producer of Mad Men and author of Seducing Strangers, and you're listening to the Marketing Book Podcast. Welcome to the Marketing Book Podcast, helping you keep up with the smartest thinking in the quickly changing field of modern marketing. And now, here's your host, Douglas Burdett. Hello, thanks for joining me on the Marketing Book Podcast. I'm your host, Douglas Burdett, and my goal in this podcast is to help you discover new ideas about what's working in modern marketing. Don't worry about taking notes. I'll do that for you, and you can find them at marketingbookpodcast.com. Today, I'm joined by Josh Weltman, and we're going to talk about his new book, Seducing Strangers, How to Get People to Buy What You're Selling, The Little Black Book of Advertising Secrets. Josh Weltman is a 25-year veteran of the advertising business, a co-producer of the Mad Men television series, a working creative director, writer, and artist. In his advertising career, Josh has created ad campaigns for companies like Taco Bell, Doritos, BMW, and Microsoft. He has created everything from online guerrilla marketing efforts for small clients to national campaigns for global automotive companies. Josh was part of Mad Men since the show's first season. He worked closely with the show's writers and producers to help ensure that Mad Men accurately depicted the process of creating ads and servicing clients, and that the show's advertising and business stories played true to life. He also created most of the original ads seen on the show. Josh, congratulations on Seducing Strangers, and welcome to the Marketing Book Podcast. Well, thanks, and thanks for having me. In the beginning of the book, you mention the goal of this book is to explain how messages that make people do things work. Tell us the story that led to this book. Ooh, uh, the story that led to the book. Um, a client once asked me in a meeting, uh, is there a proper ratio of brand to sell? in a commercial. And when he said brand, he made those little quotation marks. Air quotes. In the, air quotes. <laughs> like, uh, you know, for the sake of this discussion, let's just pretend it exists, even though we can't see it or measure it. And um, it got me thinking, uh, because it, it was such an odd question to me, it, you know, it, it was like, what's the ratio of happiness to sunlight in a chocolate chip cookie? I, I couldn't wrap my head around... Um, Anybody who would who would uh, think of sort of what I, I was I was figuring pretty quickly that what he meant by brand was kind of the emotional connection to uh, what he called sell, which was kind of the rational facts kind of thing. So what he was asking is um, how much do uh, facts versus emotion? Uh, can you tell me how I should mix the two up to make a a a, a persuasive message like a chemical equation like a chemical equation exactly and it 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 got me thinking um you know at at first i kind of laughed at it and and i thought what what an odd thing and and how can people think this way but then at the agency when i went back to the agency after the meeting i thought you know they're always telling us to try and get inside the head of the consumer and think like the consumer and and sort of come at things from their point of view i said okay let me try to think like this guy for a little bit and and see if I can come up with a way to answer uh, this question um, in a language that he might understand. And I, I went through my desk and I, I realized that I think this this happened about twelve years into my career that 
you know, I looked at all the briefs that I had been given, and regardless of medium, whether it was a radio brief or a television commercial or a print ad or something like that, I thought that uh, everything that I had been asked to do really came down to creating four kinds of ads. Ads that introduced products, um, ads that uh, tried to drive traffic or sales, ads that um, tried to differentiate one product from others in the category, and ads that um, tried to create a sense of simpatico with a certain uh, group or target audience. Mm -hmm. Uh, And those uh, I ended up calling um, uh, thank you notes and inside jokes. You know, uh, so there were these four different categories. And, and I realized, looking at these, that the type of facts and type of emotions that you, we were trying to evoke in each one of these four different categories of ads were very different. Um, as an example, when you're trying to build sales, uh, bump sales, um, you need uh, some sort of limited time offer. You need a factual limited time offer. You know, this deal is only good through uh, this weekend or Labor Day or the next whatever. And you need, uh, because what you're trying to do is evoke the emotional sense of urgency in, in um, a prospect, in, in, in the customers. And you don't get that sense of urgency unless you have a limited time offer uh, attached in the ad. So when you're trying to bump sales, the the type of emotion and the type of facts that you um, that you include in that message uh, work very differently from uh, what you're trying to do when you're trying to differentiate your product or service from other products and services. In in that case, uh, when you're creating those kind of ads, what you want to um, the facts that you're dealing with are you know the one most unique thing about the uh, product or service, and, and the emotion you're trying to evoke is one of familiarity with uh, that memorable, uh, unique difference, you know? Does mm-hmm. that make sense? So, the, the, it's not a question of either or. Do I, do I uh, base my, my marketing and messaging more on um, the sell or the, the hard facts and features or um, the brand, the emotional connection? Uh, it depends on what you're trying to achieve. And uh, that was sort of the the big aha for me in the in the course of my um, career, and and what I spend a lot of time uh, talking about in the book is is how to identify what it is you want um, from your uh, your marketing uh, communications program, and and then how to get it. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, let me just read one quick excerpt from uh, the book that was one of my favorites, and uh, follow up with a question. Persuading is about getting someone to do your will. Selling is about making your proposition, goods, or services attractive, visible, and well-priced. Yet there's no way around it. To achieve certain business goals, companies and organizations, and the people who do the manufacturing, measuring, and managing need to get emotional. That's where seduction comes in. Seduction takes both sensitivity and insight. Seduction is about listening to customers and understanding their feelings, wants, needs, and motives. It's understanding what people desperately want to hear about themselves and telling them just that. Josh, tell us the secret purpose of advertising. I think the secret purpose of advertising is to make people happy. I think that um, happiness occurs... Uh, when 
um, expectations are met or exceeded by reality. And uh, advertising is a great way um, for companies to set expectations in the minds of their customers that their products and services can then meet and exceed. I think that if you fail to um, uh, set expectations for your products and services, either uh, no one will set expectations or somebody else will set expectations. You know, uh, but either way, those expectations don't exist in the mind of your prospects, so your, your um, products and services have, have nothing to meet or exceed, and you can't get a happy customer. In reading the book, I thought that that point was almost more important now than it used to be because of the megaphone that everyone has with social media and the internet. Whereas in the past, uh, it might have taken a while for a, uh, a lousy product with great advertising to catch up with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like you talk about uh, Bill Bernbach from Doyle Dean Bernbach, who is famous for saying something like, nothing kills a bad product faster than terrific advertising. Exactly. It seems like now it's almost immediate, whereas in the past it was, you know, the, the customer couldn't tell as many people uh, quickly and they might have given up on it. <laughs> now, oh. now they can literally tell millions. Sure. A- absolutely. You know, when, one of the things that w- when you adopt a social media strategy and, and you start trying to use other people's you know, social networks that they've bought and paid for. Um, and they've built. And they've built. Uh, you are also buying into, you know, uh, their media strategy, whatever it is for themselves. You know, so uh, their agenda uh, for your product um, may not be yours at all. Mm-hmm. You talk in the book about the four fundamental questions on every consumer's mind. And I thought that was... Very interesting. Uh, it's, I was amazed that you could break it down to four, but I think it'd be enormously helpful for people to hear uh, what they are. Well, they, they kind of correspond, um, lo and behold, real uh, neatly to those four kinds of ads. I, mm-hmm. I, I think they're, they're basically what people want to know before spending money on any product or service is, you know, what is it? Um, why do I need it now? Uh, what makes it different from other things and who else thinks it's good. And I think that social media, you know, back to your previous question, social media is is wonderful for answering that, that last question. Um, Who else thinks it's good? Social proof. Right. Um, It's, it's not particularly great um, in my opinion for answering the, the other three, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, So when, when you develop a product or service, uh, usually nobody knows better than than the company um, what makes it different. They've they've spent a lot of time and effort uh, trying to distinguish themselves or or, or um, figuring out uh, what's going to make them stand out in the marketplace, mm-hmm. and leaving that up to you know uh, consumers to figure out or talk about or, or pass around is you know is uh, a little nuts. Mm-hmm. Those four sound uh, very simple, but uh, I don't know, maybe since the beginning of time, so so many advertisers still miss the mark on 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 one or more of them. Yeah, I th- I think they probably miss the mark more by trying to answer too many of those questions in one message, because like I was talking about before, 
when to answer each one of those uh, questions, you need sort of different facts and you need to evoke different emotions for each one, you know? So when you mix things together and try and uh, do a lot at once, people don't know um, what the message is about, what they're supposed to do, what you're trying to tell them. Um, It just becomes confusing and noisy. Yeah. They're not really in their swim lanes. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know? Uh, Yeah. So let's uh, talk about, the difference between what works online versus what works uh, offline. And I thought that was one of the most interesting uh, parts of the book. And I thought it was very, I, I wish more people who've been in the business as long as we have could, could read that part to understand how things have fundamentally changed. Um, and if you could just go into that and specifically, um, let me see here. Uh, where you say one of the problems today's advertisers and persuaders are having online is that after years of being told the best way to persuade the public is by making ads or stories that show the product is hero. Advertisers are having to adjust to putting their products in supporting roles in stories about other heroes. Can you talk a bit about that? I thought that was one of the most important parts of the book. Sure. Um, I remember really early on, uh, I think it was a college drama class, uh, the first lesson, maybe even the first paragraph out of the instructor's mouth was um, when people look at a movie uh, or a play or any story, um, they project and and they're looking at the hero saying, uh, I am that guy or I want to be that guy, you know, Mm -hmm. and like you said, uh, growing up in advertising in, in the last 30 years, we were taught to use media to make stories uh, about the product, and the product um, was the hero. You know, the, the product was the thing that fixed your problem, that uh, stopped your headache, that uh, got your dishes clean, that made you know, people all, like you. That made people <laughs> like you. Exactly. So, um, what what we were doing in print and, and television and all that sort of stuff was um, making stories uh, about the the product being the hero and, and the product was center stage and you always had to show, you know, some example of what the product or service could do uh, for, for somebody. And what happened when, when people sort of took control, like you said, uh, and, and built their own digital networks, um, they became sort of the heroes of their own movies. When, when you're uh, cruising around or surfing the internet or, or, or doing whatever you're doing, you're the editor, writer, director, uh, hero of your own story. And if you're trying to, um, if you're an advertiser and you're trying to work your way uh, into somebody else's story, you have to remember that it's, it's very impolite to show up in somebody else's movie and, and and start acting like you're the hero. Talk about know? the ads being booed at the oh, theater. At, at, oh, yeah, right. Uh, well, you know, when, when they first started putting uh, ads in, in movie theaters, you, I, I, tr- I think I tried to use the example of, you know, you've, you've bought that seat, you've paid for that time, it's yours. Um, you really don't appreciate uh, somebody... Um, 
coming along and 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 playing an ad uh, in in a, in a time and space that you've bought and paid for. Yeah, it's it's quite different on on television where. Uh, even though people don't talk about it, they're aware that the programs are are being provided by the sponsors. You know, if 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 they don't give uh, their attention to to the um, the two minutes of advertising, you know, they they don't get the programs, and the ads are trying to be interesting and and speak to the people uh, watching. But uh, it's a very different relationship with with the advertiser when somebody gets um, the the stories or, or show for free um, at their expense versus when when they pay for it. Uh, yeah, I, when I I'm watching Mad Men on Netflix, <laughs> I, yeah. don't want an, I don't want an ad interrupting. When I'm watching no. it on AMC, okay, I, I get okay. it. Okay, that's right. That's exactly right. But uh, what's, what's shifting around is, um, and, and even with the same box, like you just said, you can be watching your television set in, in, in your den and sometimes you're watching stuff that you've paid for, and sometimes you're watching uh, stuff that sponsors have paid for, you know. And uh, it's it's not like ads don't belong on your TV set anymore. It's that they only belong, um, you know, where uh, where you haven't already paid for uh, for the movie, you know. And yet so many marketers seem to be treating the internet experience as another broadcast channel. Yeah, they, they, they got in the habit of programming for boxes, and now they're being forced to program for people, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, be aware of where, you know, what sort of screen um, the the people are, are, are watching the show on and, and what sort of uh, relationship they've um, established with that person mm-hmm. uh, based on the, the economics of the platform being used. And there's some interesting points you make about how when someone's online, they're, they're doing different things. They have different <laughs> motivations than when sure. they're sitting passively. And that's why, uh, if you could say a little bit more about that, that would explain further the idea of why the advertiser needs to be in more of a supporting role, like maybe uh, the fish story. Uh, which one's the? F- I, I'm, when you, you um, you can edit this out, but I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. no. Um, oh, right. Where you went the, uh, fishing? Yeah, that, that's a that's the last chapter of the book. Um, which which uh, let me let me get the title exactly right. Oh yeah, the titles. Um, <laughs> the title. Yeah, uh, it was. Uh, let's see. Oh, a trout, a Swiss Army knife, an iPad, and YouTube. And what I put this chapter in in the last one because I I do want to talk to uh, you know established brands and advertisers who are struggling with how people you know how to connect online and uh, what they should do and what would be appreciated, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And and uh, I. I Tell a story about uh, my wife and I going fishing in Mammoth Lakes about four years ago. And it had been a long time since either of us had been fishing. And accidentally, we spent a, a, a nice day on a lake and pulled out a, a really beautiful rainbow trout that I had no idea how to clean or cook. And um, I carry with me, uh, especially when I'm camping, a, uh, a Swiss Army knife that my parents gave me a, a, as a gift when I was 13. And um, I... I was staying at a, a friend's house up in uh, 
Mammoth uh, Lakes and I had an internet connection and I had brought an iPad and I figured I'd, I'd go back to um, the house, get online and uh, I could just type in, um, you know, uh, Swiss Army Knife because I, I carried a model called the Fisherman and I, I was sure that there would be uh, videos or something online telling me how to use each of the tools in the fish, Fisherman to to do what the fisherman knife should do, which is clean a trout. Mm-hmm. And instead, I got nothing. Uh, there, were, there were no instructional... Product that, information. No, no product information that I was looking for. So I, I went to But it was YouTube. all about them. It was all about them, all, all about the knife and the steel and the whole thing, but nothing about what, what I... You know, my movie at the time was, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Josh Weltman caught a trout, you know, and, and, and I'm trying to figure out how to make myself the hero... Of, of this movie using uh, my trusty Swiss Army knife, and um, instead I went to YouTube and and cruised around a little bit and, until I found uh, somebody I don't know their name and they didn't identify them, but they had a nice red shirt and they had a method for cleaning a trout with a with a sharp knife and a couple cuts and a yank of your thumb that was really fantastic. And um, I I thought, and the reason I go through this whole thing in the book is. That's a complete missed opportunity for a Swiss Army knife. There, there's tools on the knife that I don't even know what they're for. I, I would love to find out what they're for. They're probably really useful. Mm-hmm. But um, what should be on the Swiss Army Fisherman website is how to use this knife to, to do what you do with fish, uh, how to take out a, a, a – use the tweezers to take a hook out of your finger, you know, that sort of thing. And, and, and those are the – kind of things that I'm hoping that established brands will, will start doing uh, online, which is helping people um, use their products in supporting roles to, to turn themselves in, in, into the hero of the story. You know, I, I, I was five minutes away from holding up my trout and my Swiss Army knife in my selfie on, uh, whatchamacallit, um, uh, Facebook, mm-hmm. but uh, in, in, instead there's just a picture of the trout. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Well, before we wrap up, let me ask you a few uh, uh, questions of interest to uh, listeners of the, the Marketing Book Podcast. Is there a recent marketing or business book you've read that you recommend? Um, it, it, it wasn't recent. I, I, I haven't had a chance to read uh, – that many in the, in the last few years um, that are contemporary. I, I did a lot of research, you know, while I was working on the show. But but I always say this uh, to people: that there was a book called um, "The Rules," which was about how uh, single women um, could find husbands, and uh, it it was uh, sort of a a book about dating and about um, uh, finding a good match. And and I often tell. Uh, people in, in marketing and advertising that it, it, it's the single best book on how to get new business that I've ever read. Oh, wow. um, it, it, it's, it, if you uh, think of yourself as an advertising agency, as a single woman who wants to attract a, 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 a husband, uh, the husband being the client, the rules are, are, are fantastic. Um, it, it just uh, lays out how to, how to, how to get new business and, and, and how to win a, a uh, a client's uh, or gain get a client interested and then um, hooked on you. 
Oh, wow. That sounds great. <laughs> I know we both have daughters. and I'm <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> thinking, well, might well, be multiple I, purposes here. I, I accidentally read this before I had daughters, but it, it, uh, nothing nothing more helped me uh, uh, win, win new business accounts. Oh, that's a great suggestion. Um, are there any uh, marketing or business books that are uh, on your upcoming reading list? I know you probably have a little bit well, more time now that you've finished yeah. writing a book. Well, I, I'm I'm about um, three quarters of the way through uh, the Jobs uh, biography that you know. Um, it's Isaacson, right? Uh, Isaacson. The, Isaacson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, the Steve Jobs bi- biography by by Isaacson, and it, it's uh, just fascinating to me uh, again and again. It, it, I haven't read it, but I've spoken to some friends who read it, and they said that just pulled him in I probably like his personality yeah you know it, it it here's the thing that that um really sort of got me about it was how passionate he was about um his products the the funny thing about you know he, he's legendary a, a tough guy to work for and and, and very opinionated and, and sort of stubborn and bullheaded but the number it, it, what struck me was this is a guy who was voted CEO of the year or something like that for like seven years in a row by, uh, by other uh, CEOs in, in the country. And in the book, uh, he bursts into tears multiple times, you know, in, in, in number of situations. And, and I just try and think, you know, if you want to do what he did, are you willing to do what he did? You know, are you willing to get that emotional and sink that much of your stuff in, into your products and services that that you'll burst into tears, you know, at, at, when something doesn't go right, you know, uh, do you feel that passionately about what you're working on, you know, kind of thing? It's one thing to to vote him a, a great CEO, but uh, why won't people emulate him? You know, why won't people do what they he did? Yeah, interesting. Interesting. Um, and it, it ties right in with this notion of, you know, companies that succeed or, or, or have a certain passion. They have a certain mission, however ill-defined, but they feel like they've got a purpose rather than just trying to make money. Oh, for sure. I, I think, um, you know, at one level, I think I would paraphrase what you just said. I think companies um, – that have people that have passion, you know, are companies with passion, but the company doesn't, you know, it, it, it's not, you can't write it in a, in a manual or, or, or you can't um, sort of uh, build it out of nothing. It, it has to come from, from the people who are, who are leading, leading the company. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like so many things that relate to the importance of culture in a company. Sure. Sure. So how do you, uh, continue your business education what what do you who do you follow and what do you read and uh who do you listen to how does josh do it oh wow um that's a that's an interesting question i i used to read a lot of um sort of military history and uh stuff like you know the the art of war i I was kidding that's one of my favorite subjects sure uh, (laughs) you know um von clowitz and i i was i Got into uh, Reese and Trout, big the the twenty two immutable laws of marketing, uh-huh. um, marketing warfare. Yes, uh, yes, I loved the, it. I I just never found anything else that laid it out so simply and worked so well, especially in in the um, 
the areas uh, where I spent most of my advertising career, which mm-hmm. was uh, rather mature um, uh, industries, fast food, uh, automotive, and high tech isn't particularly mature, but um, it, it's it's a very kind of strategic uh, business. So those mm-hmm. books were the ones that were really helpful to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, uh, before we end, I just wanted to say that having uh, worked on Madison Avenue for the first <laughs> third of my career at big, you know, the biggest ad agencies in New York, uh, f- watching Mad Men for me was very, very important. And a lot of people would say to me, um, particularly younger people, they'd say, oh, you worked on Madison Avenue. Was it, was it just like Mad Men? And of course, I would always say, uh, yeah, it was just like it, except <laughs> for not as much drinking and sex. <laughs> but uh, the, the thing that I, I, I'm serious about is that the, the, the show really got the advertising part right. So in other words, it, it just the struggles that we had, I, I just couldn't believe that you all were able to capture that in a bottle. So having read your book, I learned that you were one of the, one of the two technical directors that, uh, or co-producer, I, I don't, yeah, speak, no, I don't speak Hollywood, but, uh, yeah, but I, I really wanted to, to congratulate you on that. And, uh, that's, it, it, hats off to you. And it's been a pleasure to, to speak to you. How can listeners find out more about you and your book? Um, they can go to uh, seducingstrangers.com, and that'll take you right uh, to my website, which is uh, joshweltman.com. Um, whatever door you go through uh, is fine by me, but the seducingstrangers.com uh, will take you to the page where you can uh, look inside the book, read a couple chapters, um, go to a, a retailer and buy it if you're interested. The book is Seducing Strangers, How to Get People to Buy What You're Selling, The Little Black Book of Advertising Secrets. The author is Josh Weltman. Josh, thank you very much for being on the Marketing Book Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. And that closes the book on another episode of the Marketing Book Podcast. Links to everything mentioned are in the show notes at marketingbookpodcast.com. And while you're there, you can subscribe to the podcast newsletter to get notified of every new episode, its show notes, links, and other useful things. Also, at marketingbookpodcast.com, there are about 20 free marketing ebooks on a wide variety of topics that lots of people have found helpful. If you're one of the people who've left an iTunes or Stitcher review, I really appreciate it, and it has more impact than you might realize. A one-sentence review shoots the podcast way up in the listings. Finally, I get such a kick out of hearing from my listeners. It really makes my day. To send a message, just go to marketingbookpodcast.com and click on the Contact Podcast button. Got an idea or suggestion? Maybe I'm doing something wrong? Let me know. Thanks again for listening to the Marketing Book Podcast. Till next time.